Welcome to Cover to Cover, a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life. I'm your host, songwriter Matt Targa. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way. As an artist, a concertgoer, through our headphones, or as something that simply lives in our everyday background. Our guest today is someone who comes to us from Fairfax City, Virginia. She is one Jane Roser. Jane is a wonderful human, and I'm honored to call her a friend. Jane possesses a Bachelor of Fine Arts from Moore College of Art in Philadelphia and spent a semester studying at Glasgow School of Art in Scotland. She originally wanted to be an illustrator. Jane is also the writer for Philadelphia's Row Home Magazine. Jane is a corner writer for Philly's That Music Mag and has interviewed artists the likes of Ian Anderson, Ray Willie Hubbard, Charlie Starr of Blackberry Smoke, Patterson Hood of Drive-By Truckers, Hayes Carl, and the list goes on. Jane recently wrote an article for Row Home Magazine about the history of Philly's iconic row homes, which is set to become a series of pieces, so be on the lookout for them at your favorite newsstands. She enjoys reading, traveling, visiting obscure historical sites and museums, and attending live concerts. Some of Jane's favorite shows include the Gilmore Girls, Supernatural, This Is Us, Arrow, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and 1980s television shows such as Starman, Remington Steel, The A-Team, and Knight Rider. For our musical discussion today, Jane has chosen an album by John Denver, his eighth studio album titled Back Home Again. Recorded and released in 1974 at RCA's Music Center of the World in Los Angeles, it was produced by Milton Okun and Susan Ruskin. The album went multi-platinum and charted number one on the Billboard 200 in 1974. The single's Annie's Song placed number one on both the pop and adult contemporary charts, and Back Home Again placed number five in pop, number one in adult contemporary, and number one on the country charts. Hal Blaine and Jim Gordon were session musicians on this particular album. They both played drums, and they've played with a bunch of notable acts, including Traffic, Frank Zappa, The Birds, and The Beach Boys. Jane's late friend, Steve Weisberg, played guitar, dobro, and dulcimer, plus also wrote one track. He was a regular in Denver's band and also toured with him. Without further ado, let's get to know Jane Roser and John Denver's album, Back Home Again. Jane, thank you today for joining us on the program and being my first guest on Cover to Cover. Thanks, Matt. I'm so excited to be here. This is this is really cool for me, so I really appreciate you asking me to be on your show. Terrific. All right. So uh, let's get settled into our conversation about John Denver's Back Home Again. So uh, what made you choose this particular song or record? Well, it's funny because when you first invited me to be on your show and you asked me to pick an album, uh, I kind of was going back and forth with a few artists and albums that had really inspired me over the years. Um, There's several artists that I had interviewed for that music mag that I was really inspired by, um, including Ray Wiley Hubbard and Blackberry Smoke. Um, I also am a huge fan of R.E.M., so I was kind of going through, like, do I pick one of these? And I also, been in the meantime, I had John Denver in the back of my head the entire time. 
Um, and I just kept going back to him. And I was worried that might be a little hokey, <laughs> you know, to pick for a first album like John Denver. But so many people love John Denver. He actually is sort of like the, the backbone of a lot of music that you hear today, um, especially a lot of the, you know, folk rock music. Um, he's inspir- an inspiration to a lot of other artists. And um, I I picked it mostly for nostalgia. When I was a kid growing up in Virginia, maybe like eight, nine years old, my dad had a huge album collection. And most of the records were in other languages. My dad speaks German and Russian, so a lot of them are in those languages. But he also had a huge collection of John Denver albums. And this particular one, the Back Home Again album, um, I just kept picking out. I loved the album cover. I kept um, in the back of the album cover. I just kept wondering who all these people were in the photograph. And there are just so many amazing songs on this record that I grew up with. And it just brought, you know, just, just even thinking about it just brings back some really great memories of childhood. And it's, just a very comforting album and I, I I'm sure that there's other people who think the same way I mean this isn't that uh, John Denver his music is you know uh, music that a lot of people have grown up with and and uh, they've played for their children their children's children so it's just very timeless and yeah. so that's why I chose it yeah, yeah it's, I totally agree with you about his music being timeless. That you know, in a lot of ways, his music takes you on some sort of a journey. You know, mm-hmm. whether you're you know winding through some back roads of Appalachia, some sort of remote you know part of America to to visit relatives. He seems to just you know he he just has kind of a peripheral story mm-hmm. um, as to you know where you might be going, and he's he's just a really he he's kind of like a highway companion in some ways. Yes, exactly. And um I again his you know his he's very honest in his in his uh music and his lyrics and I think he has a great self-awareness about what he's singing about. And uh his music has just endured for so long because his themes really resonate with people. There are things that we uh can relate to. And, you know, his just his songs, his stories about family and home and traditions, um, it, it's something that every American uh, can, you know, it just just feels like they have um, a, just a relatable story to as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you uh, uh, tell us a little bit, you know, to our listeners who the additional, you know, musicians and players are on this particular record? Well, the the one that the one that I'm really familiar with is my friend Steve Weisberg. So Steve, um, I met Steve many years ago at uh, he was doing a show at the Birchmere with a John Denver tribute artist named um, Ted Vigil, who is incredible. If you guys get a chance, please check him out. He looks a lot like John Denver, but he is an amazing musician and just one of the kindest people you could ever meet. Um, but uh, Steve was John Denver's lead guitarist on most of his, most, you know, his most famous songs. Um, he Steve moved to Aspen from Austin, Texas, in 1972, specifically to be discovered by John Denver. He used to always tell the story, both to me and also on stage. Um, and they they actually bumped into each other at a hardware store in Aspen. 
both of them wanted to buy the same item. I think it was some sort of like snow, snow removal tool or something like that. Uh, and John was aware of Steve. I hadn't met him yet. So he actually went over to John's house to audition and got the gig. They just had a really, um, you know, easygoing uh, time with each other. They could really uh, kind of play off of each other. Um, one of the things that John had told me is that they recorded their albums quickly, and on a third of the songs that are now uh, their best known, the band had only been shown the songs a few minutes before they actually recorded them, and they honed them all on tour. And John never once told Steve what to play, just allowed him to do what he felt was right at the moment. I think that's why that uh, they endured for so long as a, as a tight-knit group. Um, and, uh, so Steve played the dobro and he played the lead guitar and I'll never forget this. This is really funny. Um, when, uh, soon after I had, I had met Steve after the show and we just got to be really good friends. We hung out for a while and we would just, uh, talk on the phone all the time, email back and forth constantly. And I, and Steve would always invite myself and my friends and my family to their shows anytime you're in the DC, Virginia, Maryland area. And um, at one point, I remember I contacted a friend of mine who was then working for NBC News uh, in, in D.C., and I pitched the story of doing, you know, doing a story about um, Steve and, and Ted and John Denver, and she thought it was a great idea. And then I get a call from Barbara Harrison, who's a very well-known uh, longtime local news anchor about uh, doing the story, and the, the first question she asked me, and I'll never forget this, she said, let me ask you one thing, why did, why did John Denver need a lead guitarist? And it's one of the things, I never thought, I, I never thought of that before. It's just, it was one of the, I guess it's one of those things like, you know, you know, writing, uh, doing music journalism for so long, it just never occurred to me because, you know, Bands always have a lead guitarist. You know, you might have sure. the lead. Yeah, the lead singer is yeah. also a guitarist, but you still have that lead guitarist. Mm -hmm. And it was just one of those things I just never thought of, and I just thought it was really funny that she just she just could not understand that. And um, but she she was very passionate and really wanted to do this story. You could tell that she was a huge John Denver fan. And one of the things that Steve said during the interview, I'll never forget this. Um, is he said uh, John Denver had a way to bring people in touch with a part of themselves that they liked the best. And I think oh. that this album, the Back Home Again album, really personifies that. Yeah. Well, wow. That's, yeah. Well, well said. Well Thank said, you. Steve. <laughs> and well said, Jane. Thank you. <laughs> She's very in tune with himself. And he, yes. he's had a lot of stories to tell. He actually would... Um, uh, he had like a side job where he where you could um, book uh, private shows with him. Basically, he would come to your house. He would sing John Den some John Denver songs, and also you know, and Steve also wrote a couple of songs too for John Denver. Um, his most famous was on the Rocky Home uh, Rocky Mountain Christmas album, which was the uh, Christmas for Cowboys, is the most famous one that Steve wrote. And uh -huh. um, so he would go to your house and he would sing songs and he would tell you these these stories too about what it was like to tour with John Denver and to um, you know to to make these albums and I uh, he I don't know if he ever told this story in public but I remember um, one of the last times I saw Steve um, he he sadly passed away um, from from cancer several years ago but one of the last stories he told me that he just got a kick out of this 
was about Led Zeppelin, how they were, uh, they, they, the John Denver band had booked a private jet to take them to one of their shows. Um, and the, uh, the flight attendants and the pilot were so thrilled when they saw, oh, my gosh, it's John Denver and his band. This is great because apparently the band before them was Led Zeppelin. And I guess John Bonham, he said John Bonham had gotten so smashed on, <laughs> on the plane ride that he tried to open the door mid-flight. And the band all was jumping on top of him trying to play in the flight, you know, flight collide, and they were just so traumatized. So, I, I, you know, honestly, I, I don't know how true this story is, but this is how it was told to me. And it's just so funny. It's like from Led Zeppelin, and then they see John Denver come, and they're like, oh, everything's going to be fine. And there's, there's, I like there's a that. bit of relief on their, on their yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, it's like John Denver. Like, he's just, like, the good old boy. He's, like, so cool. Everyone loves him, and he's never going to do anything crazy like try and open an uh, airplane door mid-flight. <laughs> yeah. We're talking with Jane Roser here about uh, John Denver's Back Home Again. And, uh, you know, another question I, I would like to ask of you is, can you describe, you know, somewhere in particular when you first heard, you know, this record? I know that you mentioned that, you know, this was part of your, your dad's record collection. Um, is, is is there, can, can you extrapolate a little bit on that in some way? Was that, you know... I know you were very young when you first heard the album. Um, what, you know, if there was there one particular song that just really resonated, you know, resonated with you right off the bat? Um, you know, again, like you said, it's it's hard, like, for, you know, as a kid, hard to remember exactly which ones. But I can, I can definitely say that it's changed over time, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I remember as a kid, the two songs that really stood out that I probably listened to over and over again were Grandma's Feather Bed and Thank God I'm a Country Boy. That I actually had a T-shirt, I remember, that my dad got me that said, Thank God I'm a Country Girl. And I used to love that song. Um, and then Grandma's Feather Bed, of course, it's a song that, you know, kids, kids love that song. Actually, when, when Ted still performs that, that song now in concerts, he'll have he'll get people from the audience. Um, but he loves to get kids especially, and it, they'll to do the barnyard animal uh, voice uh, noises, and it's it's just awesome, and the whole audience gets involved with that. But um, the grandma said a bed song always just reminded me when I was a kid, and my my mom's family all lived in Georgia, and my great uncle had a farm in Macon, yeah. and it was just one of those songs that kind of you know just again a lot of nostalgia is very comforting, and it just reminded me of that time that I used to spend on his farm and he didn't have like he didn't have a goose or a pig or any you know he did he did have a dog his dog's name was Poopy (laughs) 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 but this song just always brought me back to that It's, it's just it's a happy song and then over the years that's uh you know the songs that have resonated more with me are I guess the songs I kind of um uh, that just mean a little more to me as an adult, which is um, Back Home Again and Matthew and Annie's song. Um, Matthew, I, you know, I actually was reading uh, an interview with John Denver before our call, and I didn't realize, I was wondering if Matthew was based on a true story, and he said in the interview that it was based on a true story, but he changed um, the uh, names around. But uh you know, in that song, it just starts off very, 
you know, just about family and, um, you know, nature and peacefulness and simplicity. And then this horrible tornado strikes and then he loses everything. Matthew loses everything, but he finds the family Bible. And I love the quote, faith is solid as a stone. I think that's so, uh, so powerful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then back home again, just again, these really simple lyrics that just strike yeah. a punch, strike a huge punch. And it's really, it's really hard for some, you don't hear that often in songs, something that's just a very simple lyric. And you think, oh my God, anyone could have written that. But then yeah. it just hits yeah. your gut. And then uh, uh, back home again, one of the lyrics is, your mother called last Friday, sunshine made her cry. And uh, it's a little thing that make a house a home. And it's just, it's very honest and sweet. And uh, and then and then Annie's song. Okay, yeah. I have to tell you about Annie's song. <laughs> <laughs> so my my sister's name is Anne. We call her Annie. So I do have that affinity for that song. First of all, because it just reminds me of my sister. But again, to get back to the simplicity and the heart of it, it's just one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. And Steve used to call it an English teacher's worst nightmare. Five similes run amok. <laughs> he just thought when he first heard it, he just thought it was the silliest song he had ever heard in his life. And uh, before we did our, you know, before we were doing our interview, I, I went through my emails with Steve and found one that he had actually written to me about Annie's song. So I'm going to quote him here. Um John had written Annie's song in 10 minutes on a ski lift on Aspen Mountain. He called to come over and play it for me. I don't think Annie had heard it yet since I lived on his way home from the mountain. I knew nothing about the human heart back then, but I knew about similes. Every time John looked down at his guitar, I turned my head to the side and I tried to suppress laughter. It was not recommended to laugh at one of John's songs, but all I could hear were five consecutive similes. Despite my opinion, Annie's song could be argued to be one of his greatest successes. It was number one longer than I was in college. And I, I love hearing that straight from straight from Steve, who was one of the first people to ever hear that song, which is now one of, you know, John Denver's most famous songs and it's played at weddings all across the world. But uh but that, that song to me always always uh always struck me. And I think if you ask me which one of out of all of them on this album is my absolute favorite, I think today I would say it's Annie's song. But when I was eight years old, it would be probably, thank God, I'm a country boy. Yeah, Annie's song is one of the most beautiful, apologetic uh, love letters I, I think yeah. that I've, I have ever heard. And uh, if we could, you know, just you know, touch on a couple of other songs that you mentioned, Back Home Again, some, uh, some in lyrics that resonate with me, I'm, you know, Fire Softly Burning, Supper mm-hmm. on the Stove, An Old Farm Feels Like a Long Lost Friend. Mm-hmm. That's you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of beauty and a lot of economy in those words. You can almost smell like the dinner cooking on the stove and the fire and the hearth when you hear that song. Um, yep. It it's it really illustrates everything that's around you, and yeah. it it paints a picture and and brings it to life. Definitely, and you know, Grandma's feather bed. You know, there's there's definitely, you know, at least in my opinion, you know, some Celtic influence. You know, with the music, and mm-hmm. also when it comes to crowd participation. You know, I immediately struck by you said that because I thought of various ways that Pete Seeger used to engage his audiences, and there was always a lot of, 
you know, participation from the crowd, you know, whether it be children, adults, or everybody coming together to, to join in on any one of his choruses. It was a very it was a very inclusive and engaging kind of concert experience. And when I've watched some old video footage of John Denver, that really that that approach seems to really shine through on his performances. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, again, like when I when when Steve was alive, when I would see him and Ted do these shows together, um, Steve would tell all these stories about again about recording these songs, which was so fascinating to hear, especially you know if you grew up with these John Denver albums. And uh, and then today, Ted keeps that that alive. He still tells these stories that that Steve had told him and used to tell the audience and. And they, he really does get people involved, uh, the audience involved in the songs that he's singing, especially um, besides Grandma's Feather Bed and Thank God I'm a Country Boy, which he usually ends with Thank God I'm a Country Boy. But um, uh, the Leaving on a Jet Plane is another one. And also, of course, Take Me Home Country Roads, which is another song that has, you know, it's become the theme song, the state song for West Virginia. And Bill and Taff, Bill Danoff and Taffy Nivert, I think I'm saying her last name right, uh, co-wrote that song. A lot of people think it's a John Denver song, but oh, it's, not, yeah. it's not. It's <laughs> not. <laughs> it was written by a couple in D.C. who had never actually even been to West Virginia, but um, the West Virginia just fit the song really well. And uh, John Denver had been playing with them at, um, oh, where did we say it was? Um, oh, it was um, it, it's, it's Gypsy Sally's today, but uh, I believe it was called the Cellar Door. The Cellar Door, that's right. And and John had been playing with him in the Cellar Door, cellar door and he heard them play the song and he loved it. So they just you know went back to Bill and Taffy's house and they kind of honed it in, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, cleaned it up a little bit, and that became one of his biggest hits. And um, it, it's just, it's so funny how that, all that happened. And uh, so, and funny enough, Bill still lives in D.C. and his son Owen Danoff is a really good friend of mine. He was one of the finalists on uh, The Voice a couple of years ago. And he's oh, yeah. now, uh, yeah, and he's now a musician in, uh, in Nashville. But, and I'll never forget this. Um, so right after, right after Steve passed away, uh, about a day or two afterwards, I wound up, uh, I happened to be going to West Virginia to meet up with a friend of mine, and we were doing this ghost tour. It was like a ghost tour, um, a history tour around uh, Harpers Ferry. And I was still really, of course, really, really upset about about losing Steve, and it was really hard for me to concentrate on the stories he was telling. And mm-hmm. just out of nowhere, near the, near the end of the tour, um, the tour guide just had everyone start singing Take me home, country roads, uh, just out of nowhere, and I just, I just burst out crying because I felt it was Steve saying, saying a final goodbye. Yeah. And but that that song, that Take Me Home, Country Roads, and I know it's not on the Back Home Again album, but it's again, it's just another song that resonates so well with so many people, and it's even become <laughs> a huge, huge hit in Germany of all places. They they love that song. We're talking with uh, Jane Roser here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka. And uh, Jane, you were, you know, thinking about your uh, your friend Steve Weisberg um, just a second ago, and you uh, you told me a little story about a medallion necklace. Can you tell oh, our yeah. listeners a little bit about this necklace that was yeah. uh, given to Ted? Yes, of course. So 
Um, this past Christmas, uh, Ted plays a lot of, of wonderful, wonderful Christmas shows, and he was up in uh, Ramsey on stage in Annapolis playing a show there. And he was telling the audience he was wearing this medallion, uh, and he was showing it to the audience. And he said when Steve passed, he left Ted that medallion. Ted, Ted didn't know he was going to do that. It was, it was given to him afterwards. And it it was a medallion necklace that had been given to Steve from John Denver. And I think it was going I, – I believe the engraving was to Steve of John. But that was that was very – I know how special that was to Ted, and he wears it at every single show that he does. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. He, he was a special, special guy. He sure was. Yes, absolutely. Our final question here that's part of our conversation, we'll get into cover art. And I'd like to phrase it, I'd like to phrase it this way. Uh, so as, as we all know, we live in a universe today where information and, you know, and music as well can easily be quickly accessed in the palm of our hand or with a click of a few buttons. Um, that being said, in the 21st century, artwork still remains a cornerstone with each newly released single or record. What is mm-hmm. conjured up in your mind when you look at this album cover of Back Home Again? <laughs> this al- well, it's it's very dated. <laughs> besides, besides polyester. I know. I've got it besides the Peter Pan collars. <laughs> yeah. um, just... Uh, just a comfort, just like old friends, just seeing old friends is what it reminds me of. You feel very comfortable. It's, you know, it's John and Annie just on the cover holding hands, sitting on a on a fence, a wooden fence. Um, and, you know, obviously this is in Aspen. There's um, some snow that's melting in the background. But you just get a sense of what the album title is, Back Home Again. Yeah. And, and, the, and the light and shadows seem to be kind of catching them just so. Perhaps it's mm-hmm. a you know a late you know Saturday afternoon or something. Yeah, I mean they look they just look comfortable. They look happy. Um, they look like they're in their element, and they just look like they are ready to greet their friends that come by that drop by for a cup of hot cocoa by the fire. Um, maybe just tell stories, which is what they used to do. He used to have all um, John Denver would have his friends over all the time, and they would they would go camping and have fires going and just sit around and play music and tell stories. And that's that's what I get when I see this album cover. Is it just reminds me of especially the holiday season for some reason. Like I feel like I'm about to go to their house and you know have a nice turkey dinner with some you know some pumpkin pie afterwards. So it just it just brings it it it, it illustrates the photo illustrates the album title and the theme of the theme of all the songs in this album. Yeah, it's family, family. family. There's, there's warmth, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very serene, peaceful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure, and then the back of the album has the band members and their family too. So I love that he put them on the back. Because again, you know, you know, talking about the theme of the album, about the the family and the memories and nostalgia and the friends, and that's that's exactly what is personified when you when you see this album cover front and back. Yeah, Absolutely. they even have the dogs too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jane, it's been such a pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you very much for coming on the program here, cover to cover, and sharing 
this particular record that you know resonates with you in such a deeply profound way. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate you having me on and it was really amazing to be able to speak to you about one of my favorite albums, one of my favorite artists, and two of my very dear friends, Steve Weisberg and Ted Vigil, who um, just keep the music alive. They keep uh, John Denver's music alive, and I just it, I, I just love that so much. So thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jane. All right. Thanks so much to Jane Roser for being on with us today via telephone. For all you listeners out there, thank you. And please remember to hit that subscribe button on your favorite device in which you listen to your favorite podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. Take a moment to tell friends and family about our show. And feel free to drop us a line at hello at covertocoverconversations.com. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia, and we hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.